You are listening to a sermon podcast from Kingdom City. We pray that over the next few moments, you will be blessed, equipped, and empowered to bring the reality of God to your world. Romans 12, verse 1 and 2. Two verses alone are the subject of the text. And this is the Apostle Paul writing to the believers in Rome. It says, therefore I urge you. So hear this with an urgency tonight. Brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy to offer your bodies sacrifice, holy and pleasing, this is your true and proper worship to God. And he goes on to say, do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing and perfect will. This is so powerful and we're going to get into the text, but I think to really help you digest what you're about to, to take in, I want us to read that together. Read it in online, read it, Epo, Kuching, Penang, wherever you are, right here in the room. Let's read it together with one voice in unison. Ready? One, two, three. Therefore, in view of God's mercy, holy and pleasing to God, Do not conform, but be transformed. Then you will be able His good, pleasing, and perfect will. Amen. God's will is something that we all long for. And then verse 2 says, you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is. There are so many of us who understandably want to know God's will. There's an ache in every believer to know God's will. The problem is we tend to narrow God's will to make it really about us and our decisions. God is, what's your will for my life? This house or that house? This spouse or that spouse? This job or that job? This country or that country? Disconnect or that connect? What's your will, Lord? Where do I serve? Lord, carriers was such a great month, but... Which, where's your will? And we, we narrow God's will. Now, I'm not saying he's not interested or invested, or nor does he have no thoughts about the details of your life. But wherever the scripture talks about the will of God, it's rarely about the specifics of our life. For example, it says, rejoice always in everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God concerning you. Like, okay, but it doesn't tell me about which unique course to take says, our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name, your kingdom come, your will be done. Okay, Lord, what is your will? On earth as it is in heaven. So here we have this natural desire to want to know the voice of God, the direction of God, the leading of God. What is your will for my life? And God has given you this generic mandate, given me this generic mandate, that even though he cares about the details, he's more concerned about our reaction, our disposition, and our heart. He says, you are the salt of the earth and the light of the world. The will of God is that we'd be salty in our situations. Not salty, bad salty. Like good salty, right? Make a difference, flavor. That we would bring heaven to earth. 
that we would bring the reality of God to our world. So whatever it is you're praying about, what's God's will? That you, in everything you can give thanks, you be salt and light, you bring heaven to earth, you bring the reality of God to your world. Yeah, but, but Lord, Lord, which, which job do I take? Do I, should I be a lawyer or a nurse? I don't know, up to you. Pick one, and then in everything give thanks, be salt and light where you go, bring the reality of God to your world, bring heaven to earth. Lord, should I go on my family vacation with my in-laws? The will of God is neither. But if you go, be salt and light, bring the reality of God, bring heaven to earth, and in everything give thanks. Lord, do I buy or rent? Buy or rent, depends. Pick one and then be salt and light. Bring heaven to earth. And everything give thanks. And bring the reality of God to your world. Lord, which connect group do I go to? Pick one. And then bring salt and light. Bring the reality of God. Bring heaven to earth. And in everything give thanks. But who do I marry? Pick one. And bring salt and light. Bring heaven to earth. In everything give thanks. And bring the reality of God to your world. This is the will of God. Whatever it is, I want you to, I want you to know something. Tonight you are in the will of God. Yeah, but I'm not happy with my job. But the will of God is whether you're in a prison or a palace. You bring, you be salt and light. You bring heaven to earth. You bring the reality of God to your world and in everything give thanks. And you cannot make a difference unless you are different. And that is the context of God's will in this verse. Because it says, then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. Some people are like, does God have three wills? His good will, his pleasing will, his perfect will? No, he has, it's, it's, it's his will. And his will is good, his will is pleasing, and his will is perfect. But here is what we, we read earlier. We read that we're not to conform to the pattern of this world, but we're to be transformed by the renewing of your mind, then you will be able. You cannot make a difference. You cannot bring salt and light. You cannot bring the reality of God. You cannot bring heaven to earth. You, you, you don't have the capacity to do that unless you are first different, unless you are first changed. When you are changed, you see, that's why it says, then you will be able. You can't manifest the will of God. You can't manifest peace in a storm. You can't manifest love in a hateful environment. You can't manifest healing in the middle of sickness. You can't manifest clarity in the middle of confusion. You can't manifest. When everyone's going crazy, you're, 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 you just carry something different. You can't do that. Then you will be able, when? When you're transformed. Only when you're different can you make a difference. So the real question is, if I'm going to manifest the will of God, if I'm going to test and approve what God's will is, I need to be transformed. How am I transformed? By the renewing of my mind. By the renewing of my mind. It says, don't be conformed to the patterns of the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. The reason we are not sure about how this works is we, we, we don't understand how much God wants you and I to change. But he gives you the key to change. He says, renew your mind. Renew is different to new. 
When you renew your passport, you renew your road tax, you renew your whatever, you, you, you already have it. You're just extending it. You're going over the same thing again. It's not new. When, you, when a couple renew their vows, they don't get a new spouse. They might be praying for one, but they don't get one. You renew. There's something... But here's the thing. The change, when you have a desire to change, something happens. Do you know, this is a piece of metal. If I wanted to change this lump of metal into a magnet, I need to get another magnet. And I need to hit the magnet over that piece of dead metal over and over again. And if I do it long enough... It will magnetize this metal. This lump of metal becomes changed. You become changed when something that is magnetized starts not one off. See, we want new. God says renew. If you just want new, you'll be informed. But if you renew, you'll be transformed. And the problem is we come to church wanting just new. Oh, I never heard that before. Actually, I never heard that before. As if that is the sign you grew or that is the sign you changed. This metal does not change with one new thing. It changes when you renew. You're transformed by the renewing, which is, which is tough because we want new things. We get bored. Oh, I've heard that before, talking about forgiveness again. I know about forgiveness. See, you're not changed by what you know. You're changed by what you show. What you show is evidence that there's been a change. And the renewing is the only way transformation happens. Which is why it is important to go over foundations over and over and over and over and over again. Not because you want to learn something new, but you want to become someone new. So don't be informed. See, the enemy's plan is to inform you to the point where you are so informed, you think you're transformed. If he can convince you that to be informed is to be transformed, he's conformed you. And because we're so wanting to always hear something new, thinking that will change us. This doesn't change by a new magnet. Changed by the same magnet going over and over again. I went to Connect in 2019. I served in 2015. I tithed in 2010. I worshipped last year at the conference. Why don't I change? Because you're not changed by new, you're changed by renew. I'm transformed by the renewing. And the enemy has a plan. He's not dumb, which is why I've, I, I try to illustrate this. I've got two. I've got the word and I've got the world. We're meant to be transformed by the renewing of our, of our mind. But the Bible says, do not be conformed to the patterns. What's a pattern? Same thing over and over again. The world has a pattern too. He's just soaking. Same news article, same website, same cynical behavior. Same CNN news thing, same group, same 
And next thing you know, actually, I don't know what I believe anymore. You know, it's stunning in the pandemic, how many people suddenly stopped believing in God? Suddenly decided, I don't know what I believe anymore. Suddenly fell out of love with God, fell out of love with their spouse, fell out of love with their spouse. Suddenly. Why? You stopped renewing. But the world was also conforming them. So the world keeps sending you things. And here's the challenge. Who's magnetizing you? I, I do think we should be informed with what's going on. So the world, once, but it doesn't change me. But the world, over and over again, and I start to think like the world. And, and the Apostle Paul said, don't be conformed. Don't be conformed to the patterns. Break the pattern. Break the pattern. I don't want this pattern. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And, and allow the information of the world to inform you, but allow the might of the word to transform you. Whether you're being transformed by the word or the world, depending, depends on which is magnetizing you more. Which are you allowing to renew? That's why the scripture says, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the seat of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law, he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of living water who, whose fruits, he'll bear fruit in season. His leaf will not wither and whatever he does will prosper. Meditate on his law day and night. God told Joshua, meditate on my Lord, tie it around your neck, mull on it, feed on it, dwell on it. And here's how you know you've been conformed. You've lost your fire, you've lost your faith, and then eventually you lose your faithfulness. The enemy will attack your fire first. Then out of you, you, then he'll attack your faith. And if he can kill your faith, then your faithfulness is mere religion. Performance and duty without any faith, without any fire. So let me ask you a question. Here's a good test. Where have you lost interest? Have you lost interest in worship? Lost interest in the word? Have you lost interest in... Oh yeah, I've heard enough about loving people. Heard enough about submission. Heard enough about honor. Where have you lost interest? Time to renew my mind. See, it happens, it happens to all of us. It happens to me. I'm like, God, why have I lost a passion in this area? Time to renew. Time to find that message from Green Room. Time to dig a bit deeper in that verse. Find scripture typer and renew, renew, renew. God, I want to be transformed in this area. I don't just want to be informed. See, boredom sounds like a normal thing, but boredom is the first sign to being conformed. I've lost my interest. I'm still saved, but the patterns of the world are wiping me, are changing me, slowly, little by little. And one day suddenly, I don't know what I believe. One day suddenly, I'm not sure. That's why daily bread is important. Daily devotion is important. That's why it's important we teach our kids, hey, church is not optional extra. We actually make it a priority because you're only going to be changed not by coming once. I tried tithing once, didn't work for me. I tried going to the gym once, didn't work for me either. That's why the, the, the front row, all the guys who have to listen to the sermon three times today, they're the lucky ones. Why? 
times can we sing that song? Lord, I break my heart. How many times I break my heart? I break my heart all the time. I have a broken heart. There's something in the renewing that changes you. Do you want to be a lump of metal or do you want to be a magnet? Well, allow truth over and over and over again. I'm thinking we should do a series called Foundations. Oh, yeah, actually, as some new Christians are, no need to come for this one. No, old Christians need to come for this one. You know, when you, when, you, when you go over the same thing, it's like a wheel alignment. Anyone ever had a car, you do wheel alignment? The car goes banko, one, and then you have to go, to, they turn it around. And they're like, yeah, actually, some of these young people going off track. I found the older the car. The more wheel alignment it needs. It's not the young people that's the problem. I mean, young people have problems, trust me. I, uh, I have two of them in my house. But there's something about saying, God, I want to be changed. Because I want to, see, I can't be salt and light. I can't bring the reality of God. I can't bring heaven to earth unless I am first transformed. How am I transformed? There's something about saying yes to God over and over again. Renewing your yes. I had a job when I first finished, when I was still working as a, when I was studying law to income and uh, it was a guy called Joe, his name uh, was a removalist job, Joe's removal, so I actually helped pack lorries and trucks and uh, had to load things and tie, you know, what's that, uh, string down and all that, yeah, <laughs> too much hard work, but anyway, I did it and, you know, we'd go from one house to, some, to wherever the house is moving and it was, you know, that's the job. But sometimes if there's a long trip between the house we're moving from and the house we're moving to, he would stop halfway. I'd be like, why are we stopping? Did anything fall out? No. But he'd go and just re-tighten the strings. And he'd re-tighten it even though it was okay. He was revisiting, renewing, retying, resetting, restoring, re-whatever you want to call it. But that's what happens. On the long journey of life, things get loose on the journey. And every now and then we have to stop and just retie and say, thank you, God. Now I know why I do what I do. My fire's back. My faith is back. My hunger's back. My heart is back. I, I was losing it for a while. My foot almost slipped. But until I came into the house of the Lord and then I saw the end and I realized I'm not wasting my time, this is a real thing. The problem is if when I come to the church and I only do it once, go to connect once, read the Bible once, nothing changes. If you've lost your magnetic hunger, if you've lost your magnetic pull, if you've lost that magnetic grace that God has anointed you with, the good news is not far from returning. Just make a decision, God, I'm not chasing the new. I want the renew. I want to be transformed by the renewing of my mind. Then I will be able to be salt and light, bring heaven to earth and bring the reality of God to my world. I used to read verse 1 and get a bit scared because it says to offer your bodies a living sacrifice. I'm like, what does that mean? Set yourself on fire and pray you don't die?
But I realized it just means to surrender your whole life. And this is what it means. He says, well, I'm like, God, what does it mean to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice? My holy and pleasing worship to God? This is, this is my true and proper worship? Okay, what? Don't be conformed to the patterns of the world, but be transformed by the ruin of your mind. To offer your life, offer your body as a living sacrifice, your soul, to give your whole life, simply means I commit myself to changing. That's all it means. Doesn't mean you set yourself on fire and you do anything and whack yourself and no, 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 no. Just God, I want to change. See, a lot of Christians don't want to change. They want to learn, but they don't want to change. I want to learn what to do, but don't expect me to change what I do. But you can't test and approve the will of God unless you've changed. You can know everything about love and emanate hate. You can know everything about generosity and be stingy. You can know everything about honor and be completely dishonoring. You can know all the principles of forgiveness and hold bitterness in your heart. Because it's, you're not, you don't bring the reality of God because of what you know, but by what you show. And I thought, God, to offer my life as a living sacrifice. I love the New King James Version. It says, this is your reasonable service. Reasonable service? Give my whole life is only reasonable? You know, if you come home with reasonable marks, your father will, he'll renew some things in your life. I'm like, if I give my whole life and it's only reasonable? You know why it's reasonable? Because in view of God's mercy, that's how it starts. In view of God's mercy, it's only reasonable I offer my whole life. In fact, if you lose sight of God's mercy in your life, to expect that you should offer your whole life is unreasonable. That's why the enemy has clouded the windscreen of your vision. And some of us have forgotten how much God has done for us. That's why communion is a new view of God's mercy. Every time you go, God, I remember where you saved me from, where I was heading and what you've done. I'm, I'm in view of God's mercy. See, when you have moments of absolute surrender and gratitude for who he is, all of a sudden to offer my life and to commit to this is reasonable. It's reasonable. So the starting point as we close... is to view the mercy of God again. I can tell you, exposure to His mercy will change you. It will motivate you. You will say, God, it's only my reasonable worship to lay my life down. The sign the mercy of God has become distant and cloudy in your life is this. You become judgmental of others. You become critical of their sin, forgetting you've been forgiven your lot. Start pointing the finger, throwing the stones. The sign that the view of God's mercy has become dim in your life, you struggle to forgive people. Just can't forgive them. You have lost sight of the mercy of God. But Paul said in view, in full view 
of God's mercy in view of the mercy of God. Oh boy, offer my body a living sacrifice. Don't be conformed, no problem. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind in view. So what we need is a wake-up call to the mercy of God. When you remember what God has done for you, it will change everything. The sign you've lost sight of the mercy of God is you've lost your hunger. You've lost your passion. You've lost desire. That's why the best thing you can do every morning is get up and just start thanking God for who He is and what He's done. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your grace. Lord, let me see who you are and what you've done. I've got so much to be thankful for. Oh, I offer myself a living sacrifice. I give my mind to be totally renewed. God, it is my privilege to change from a lump of metal to a magnet that will bring the reality of God to my world. But it starts with a fresh view. And tonight I'm believing God wants to clear the windscreen wipers of your vision. And at the end of this, there's a movement within you. It's mobilizing you. It's motivating you because in light of who God is, when that is clear again, see, I'm not changing what he's done. I'm just helping you see it in view of God's mercy. Why don't we stand to our feet? Let's stand just for a moment. Stand in Ipo, Kuching, Penang, around the world. The team are going to sing a song that I've asked them to sing. And the song is about the mercy of God. I want to encourage you, look at the words, but personalize them. And as Dave's singing, he's singing over your life. The Spirit of God is reminding you It'd be a wonderful thing if wherever you are, you could forget about your neighbor for the next 10 minutes because you can reconnect with them soon. But if you forget about them for the next few minutes, don't go. I See, you know, people who leave church early, they've come to be informed. They didn't come to be transformed. Okay, I heard the sermon. Okay, I got I come late and I leave early. That's, that's, a, that's a Christian who will never change because we think inform is the same as transform. You can go to hell with a full head of knowledge. So don't be informed by the renewing. Be transformed. There's something about saying yes with a soft heart over and over again that changes me. It changes me. It changes me. It changes me. It doesn't, it's not just a moment, it's not just an emotion. It changes me. God, I want to change. It's my privilege in view of your mercy. So just for a moment, can you begin to give him thanks for his mercy on your life? The things he hid from you? The way he protected you? The way he covered you? The way he forgave you? The way he cleansed you? The way he blessed you? as such I can feel the presence of God right now right now on the stage I can feel his presence I know his presence and so when Dave begins to sing the song you can stand you can kneel you can lie down you can worship you can sit but, it, but one thing you must do is say Lord erase the windscreen of my eyes that I would have full view of your kind 
mercy toward me because all the rest will follow. Thanks for listening to this week's message. If you have never entered into a relationship with Jesus, we want you to know that He loves you very much. So much that He died on the cross for all of your sins that stood between you and God. If you would like to make a decision to follow Jesus today, all you need to do is to repeat this prayer. Dear God, I come to you in the name of Jesus. I admit that I'm not right with you and I want to be right with you. I ask you to forgive me of all of my sins. I believe with my heart and confess with my mouth that Jesus is the Lord and Savior of my life. Thank you for saving me and making me your child. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. If you prayed that prayer for the first time, or if God has done anything in your life because of this podcast, we would love to know. Email us at testimony at kingdomcity.com.